Lampshade Media presents A New Hope with Lydia Manning. Last year, some really big things happened, not for me, but for people that I know. Um, an acquaintance of mine had a baby, and I got to look at it. It was, we went out to lunch, me and her, and her kid, and her husband. It was nice, we chatted, we ordered food, and then like, we're just talking, and then middle of the conversation, like it's nothing, my friend unbuttons her shirt, sticks her baby on her chest, and just starts breastfeeding it right there in front of all of us. And I thought that was the rudest thing because we're all still waiting for our food. <laughs> Teach your kids some manners. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, it's never too early. That day like, I left and it got me thinking about the possibility of maybe one day having children of my own. Like I still don't know. I did, after thinking about it, I think I don't want to reproduce. I kind of came to that conclusion. Uh, there's a couple of reasons. First of all, there's nothing really about myself that I'm like, you know what the world needs more of? It's more of this. Like, I'm not, I'm not exceptionally physically attractive. I'm not like supermodel hot. I'm not like the kind of woman who can skate by on her looks. You know, I'm just the kind of woman who can look by on her skates. That's kind of where I'm at. There's also uh, another reason I don't know if I want to like reproduce is there's a lot of things that run in my family. Um, autism runs in my family, for example. I have a brother who's a little bit autistic. And I say a little bit because he is on the spectrum, but you wouldn't really know it just talking to him. Like to give you an idea of where on the spectrum my brother falls, in high school he was too autistic to be popular, but not autistic enough to get invited to the prom by someone popular. I feel some of you weren't really on board with, with that joke. Um, Disclaimer there, my brother knows that I tell that joke. He's okay with it, I've told it to him. He doesn't get it. But I have told it to him. When I was in college, I had a roommate who only communicated with me via passive aggressive notes. Uh, this crowd kind of seems like most of you have been this roommate at one point. You know that it's always like in this handwriting, it's like, oh, hey. Here's something that I hate about living with you, Brian. Let's see, you're Brian. XOXO heart. It's always like that. I came home one day and this note was on my desk in my bedroom. It was like, oh, hey, can you please wash your dishes before we get bugs? 
and I did not wash my dishes before we got bugs. We got bugs. I'm not sure if you guys saw where I was going with that. I took you on a wild ride with that one. My roommate blamed me for it. It was a full infestation. We had roaches. We had so many fruit flies flying around. There's no way I stayed a vegetarian through all of that. And I mean, I get like, why she blamed me for it. Yes, they were my dishes. Yes, they'd been in the sink for a month and a half. But how do you think the bugs knew that there were dirty dishes in the sink in the first place? Pretty sure they read your note, Zoe. That is on you. Those bugs would have been perfectly content hanging out in the chip crumbs in my bed sheets. You gave them a handwritten invitation to the common space. Not my fault. Lydia Manning, I would like to welcome you to Lampshade Media Presents A New Hope. Oh, uh, yeah, thank you. You're you're welcome. Um you seem you seem nonplussed. Yeah, uh you're welcoming me to uh Lampshade Media presents A New Hope. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, that's the uh, name of my podcast. It was decided upon <laughs> by some of the best comics that uh, Columbus, Ohio has to offer. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. it's, I'm sure I'm sure that they're some of the best comics that Columbus had to offer. <laughs> it's... <laughs> I know it's rude to come onto a podcast and like hate on the name, but wow. Well, it's Lampshade, like, so it's like a star Wars joke. Yeah. I mean, okay. So here's the deal. Like normally I rely on, on, on really funny comedians to give me a name, but this one, uh, they all kind of like reverted back to me and I just, you know, everything's been so depressing lately. I just, I no, just, it's fine. Um, and, and so you, you needed some new hope. Yeah. I needed some star Wars hope. I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird thing to me because before I'd ever seen star Wars, I knew the phrase new hope because that was the name of the church that I went to growing up. Oh, new wow. Hope Presbyterian. We're going to have and a great I'm conversation, judging- Lydia. I'm judging them now for, for they had star Wars is older than that church. Was it like they were? Well, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't think the church was around that long. Maybe like, yeah, we're talking like mid to late seventies when start when star Wars came out. Right. But there yeah. was a huge like boom in in the evangelical world yeah, in that seventies that movie. time, yeah. Well, okay, so either they stole the name of Star Wars from the church that I went to growing up, or New Hope Presbyterian wanted to be like Ewoks with the Lord or something. I know there's no Ewoks <laughs> in A New Hope, but it was the first star Wars reference that my brain could think of. Yeah, but they, they existed. They were younger, you know, in a new hope, but (laughs) yeah, but they were still there. They did exist. 
just yeah. to the viewer, we didn't know about them. Right. And that makes we you wonder, we got to what learn don't about we know about right now? Jizz music. You're naming your podcast after jizz music. Is that what I'm, is that what I'm doing? Did you know the, what they play in the cantina band? Oh yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bar scene was called, it's a, a, a genre of music called jizz. It's not jazz. It's not jazz. It's, Space jazz. <laughs> this is a genre of jazz <laughs> that I was uh, until now unaware of. So I, this is this is uh, as a podcaster, this is it's, what I live for. I didn't. I didn't make this up. It's Googleable. This is what I guess John Williams declared. Uh, it's it's jizz jizz music. <laughs> you know what? Was he was he like? aware of the connotations there or like did he just accidentally do this i don't i assume it was an accident (laughs) you would right (laughs) i assume it was an accident but i don't know which i judge more harshly like i don't know whether it's worse that he didn't know the connotations or that no one thought to be like hey you know like jizz is already a thing yeah or for him to straight up be like <laughs> and i know what i'm gonna call this kind of music <laughs> <laughs> this is what it sounds like when i come ladies oh my god no I, so i grew up fairly like like evangelical christian right and and some of our listeners are already tired of hearing this on the local scene but uh I definitely had a moment in my job where I where I found out what somebody like expl- like like was using MILF as a reference and I was like what is that that sounds like a funny joke I should be in on and and then you know they explained <laughs> it to me and they're like y- you know you, you need to understand that the, the wider world knows what this means like this is not a secret <laughs> you thought you were getting in on an inside joke right 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 because of my naivete <laughs> so when you were when you were coming up did you have that kind of uh that kind of experience or it sounds like you had a, like a religious upbringing i did not have a super religious upbringing because new hope was a presbyterian church and they're they're like the leftists of christianity oh okay a little rebellious yeah. maybe we had still evangelical I mean, though we had my my good friend my best church friends family left the church when we were in middle school i think because their family thought that gayness was a sin and our church kind of actively you know accepted gay people and so that was that was a breaking point for uh, my friend's family. Wow. The parents were like, "Yeah, this this is not the church for us because we believe the gays deserve to rot in hell." And oh my god, this love and acceptance and positivity that New Hope Presbyterian is preaching is not for us. Not what the Lord intended. When I was at that point in my faith, when I would have like bought into their shit, I thought I was doing uh, the LGBT community a favor by exposing their sin. Right? Is this 
basically the the same kind of thing. They're like, oh yeah, we're helping them by pointing out the fact that they're sinning because then they can just fix themselves, come back to Jesus. <laughs> then they can then they can go. Oh, I never thought about it like that. Exactly. Exactly. I, <laughs> is it, this is I believe this is referred to as naive realism in in the logical community. They've ne- just never thought about it the way I thought about it. <laughs> this child makes some good points. Yeah, were you so were you like bought in though? Like, did you like buy into the into the scene, or were you like on the outskirts, like rebellious? Um, I I definitely was a religious child yeah yeah you you were in for it yeah i was in for it but as i said um my my religious upbringing sounds a lot less conservative than yours so there wasn't there wasn't that much to be in for except just like i believe god exists and i pray sometimes yeah and that was that was kind of the the crux of what my religious upbringing was do you still hold on to that then? Do you still like have that belief in God? I don't. You've come away from I'm, it. Yeah, I mean, I I've, I've become a incredibly basic. There's nothing really <laughs> interesting about my belief system at all now. Yeah. I do like kind of, when people like the edgy atheist, like the atheists who are very preachy about atheism and and act like anything that they think is unique in the slightest. Like those people are always incredibly interesting to me. Yeah. It, I mean, I, I, I kind of they, identify they with them be, a bit because there's a bit of, say, uh, those, they have to be people who, um, who grew up so indoctrinated into religion. Yeah. There's a lot of anger that, that you you have to overcompensate later. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I, I I do I do identify with that, and I feel sometimes I feel a little shameful about that need for that compensation. But you know, then I get over it, and I realize like I'm on my path. You know, like I'm 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 actually caring about the right people these days, so I'm doing good. You know, mm-hmm. does that uh, does that make sense at I all? I do. <laughs> oh no, it definitely it does make a lot of sense. And I know uh, certain religious groups can be pretty toxic places to grow up. Uh, I just, my, my experience growing up with Christianity wasn't like that at all. It was, it was actually really nice. And even when I kind of wasn't feeling the, the practice and the belief anymore, I still actually enjoyed going Oh wow! I, I used to play. I used to play flute for the church services, and they oh, paid me. A and was super nice. And wow! The youth retreats were dope. <laughs> yeah, I, re- I yeah I, re- I recall a great number of youth retreats. A lot of nerf <laughs> battles and uh, a lot of silliness. One one of my yeah. non Christian uh, current non Christian friends uh, was we were getting a little nostalgic. And he was uh, explaining to me uh, how he thought of Jesus people back then is like they didn't do drugs, so they had to be extra. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I, yeah. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I was like, like my my past was made clear to me, like in that moment, you know. <laughs> it's like, yep, no, that yep. is very real. <laughs> they they had they to be a little extra. extra. <laughs> <laughs> 
didn't do drugs. Yeah, yeah. Don't need to know all of your drug history on this podcast, but okay, I wasn't. <laughs> you, uh, I hear like you grew up in North Carolina, but you moved to Portland. You chose Portland. I did. Are you a hometown person in general, or did you just like need to get the fuck out of the East Coast, or what? Like that's a big move. Uh, I moved here because I have family over here. My my uncle, my aunt's husband, was not doing so well. He'd had cancer and a couple strokes, and she reached oh. out to me and my brother and basically offered either of us if we wanted to come out here and stay with them for free and help take care of him and also take care of my grandma a little bit. She was offering that up. So I took that up. I, I came out here. was kind of a light caretaker for my uncle for about the last year of his life. And that was like three years ago. So he passed away about two years ago. But I really don't regret the move at all. I think it was a really good move and glad I did it. And you were you were a comic when you made the move, I take it. Mm-hmm. How, how long, yeah, how was, long have you been I doing comedy? comedy. Uh, if we count this year, I've Well, 2020 doesn't comedy. necessarily count. <laughs> But go ahead. Oh, you're right. I would be I would be rounding down anyway. So I've been doing comedy for seven years. All right. Started so you were when I was you were in it four or five years, uh, and 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 you moved mm-hmm. to a town to take care of dying family. Yeah. Well, it was also comedy wise, it was an upward move because I started out in a way smaller city and a way smaller scene. Uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, which is actually, for its size, a really great comedy town. It's just got one comedy club, Dead Crow. Dead Crow Comedy Shout out. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, I I co-host a podcast as well. Oh, do you? Well, shout that shit out. Yeah, yeah, it's called Specscript. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been listening to that a little bit. Yeah. So for the listeners, the concept of spec script is we get someone to write an episode of a television show that they have never seen before. And then a cast (laughs) of cool people does it as a table read. And I recently uh, I booked someone for that show who is an actor. And I knew from these inspirational online videos like he's just an actor in them they're not his but (laughs) i was like i was talking about like i really liked uh he plays usually like a really douchebaggy guy and when my co-producer booked the guy he was like uh you know i've also been doing stand-up for like 10 years i i'm not just an actor in these videos and i just remember thinking like Everyone I know has been doing stand-up for 10 years. Nobody <laughs> that I know is an actor in in inspirational Facebook videos. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not impressed by the thing you want me to be impressed by. But <laughs> Being that you've been around the country, like you, like you started in North Carolina, you moved to Portland, but like I know you from fucking Columbus, Ohio. You've you've been playing a lot of different scenes, right? Yeah. 
I definitely miss doing the festival circuit. Oh, because of COVID? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this whole year. Yeah. I am. I am saving money. <laughs> this is this is why we need a new hope. No more hope. No more comedy festivals. No more hope. No more hope. <laughs> you know what? I just think you should change the name of this podcast to something better. You know, Lydia, I'm not going to lie to you. That's not the first time someone said that to me. Really? Well, this will be definitely better than the current name you're working with. Well, you don't I, have to name it after my church. I think I, it's been on an up, upward trajectory uh, for the course of the podcast, so I can only assume that it's going to get better and better every one. Yeah, do you want to hear my, my idea for what you should call it? 100%. Okay, so I, with the knowledge that you're not a comedian, and I know this is not supposed to be a comedy podcast, <laughs> so there's literally... Um, there's three types of podcasts, right? There, there's comedy podcasts, and then there's kind of the the how stuff works podcast. Yeah, yeah, I explanations, documentaries. Yeah, that might actually be the name of a podcast, and I didn't mean to rip it off. But then the third, and the probably easiest kind of podcast to get people to listen to is the true crime. Yeah. And so I think I think you should get a name that makes it sound like this is a true crime podcast hosted by hot women. Okay. I'm and into so this. So my pitch, Go my for pitch it. for the name is Murder Me Daddy. <laughs> Daddy? <laughs> yeah. D E A D D Y. It's important that it has that number of D's, three D's. That makes sense because you gotta, you can't, you, you, you can't get it confused with daddy. Right. It's daddy. It should sound like daddy, but yeah. it's a little double entendre. Right, right. I, yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down here. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's so disturbing. People, you'll hear that name, Murder Me Daddy, and you'll be like, ooh, this is probably a, some hot ladies who really fetishize serial killers, which, you know, kind of means the bar is honestly set pretty low for how I need to treat them if I ever encountered them. And also the market that I'm looking for. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm interested to hear exactly how this is this is going to be uh, branded and uh, <laughs> you know marketed because uh, I have a marketing team that is on call twenty four seven. You got to understand, wow. I, I rebrand on the regular, so yeah. Um, but but this sounds like uh, we're going for a Halloween release, and I got a couple episodes in between then, so we, I'm gonna, you know we can talk you know like in between. We are getting pretty spooky. Is there a koozie that could be multi-seasonal that could get us all the way from from August to to October? Koozies are cheesy. Like I'm I'm like just putting that out there as a starter, you know. No, koozies are <laughs> I actually used to work for a company in North Carolina before I moved out to Portland who made they're called Freakers. The guy who owns the company Freaker you was on Shark Tank. And oh no shit! It was real weird. But it's basically a sweat 
for your bottle. So it's like a koozie, but it can stretch out really big and fit a whole wine bottle if you want. <laughs> and then so these people should you, have been put it killing in the it on the mask. What? These koozie people like this should have been killing it on masks. Oh, absolutely. I think they are making masks now. They have to be, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. When I was working for, they were making freakers because we weren't allowed to say koozies and (laughs) socks. And I'm pretty sure they started making masks as well. Yeah, because it's the same fabric. I don't follow them that closely because they fired me. Oh, let's not promote them. Stalking. It's kind of like stalking an ex, like it's not really healthy. So no, you no. Just, you, un, you gotta unfollow them at a certain point, even if yeah. you, you wish them well, but you don't want to see them doing well. Yeah, or maybe seeing them doing well isn't helping you to do well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe you just I need mean, to separate wasn't... your wellness altogether. <laughs> I could I could have had a great future working in the Freaker USA warehouse, <laughs> putting tags on koozies and putting socks in boxes. Well, you know, speaking of speaking of of all of this and and in, in, in its relation to mask, we happen to have a mask professional on on hand right here in Lampshade Media Studios. Oh, how exciting. Here we have the, the haunted mask from Goosebumps. Uh, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, Mel. How <laughs> I'm, you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Is there any, can you help us with some information? I mean, yeah. I mean, I just kind of want to, really, this is about me clearing stuff up about how I, I feel like part of the problem, because I, I don't, you know, I don't know how familiar your audience is with my work. Uh, I'm, I'm most well known from uh, several uh, Goosebumps books, several episodes of the Goosebumps television series. Uh, I I was not featured in either of the films, which uh, I'll be honest, kind of a bummer about that. My mom wouldn't let me watch those there. anyway. So. Wow, I, I hate to start this off on the on a really sour note, but your mom sounds like a fucking drag. Lydia, I'll be honest. She's cool. She just doesn't want me to like consume a lot of um you know mass media she prefers i listen to just my friends podcasts exclusively you know support the small artists anyway you weren't in those movies so probably like she's she's on your side that i can get behind because if 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 it's about just not you know letting you be warped by the corporate machine i'm totally all for that uh I just thought it was about like con, you know, like scary content, which I think, you know, I think it's good for kids to be scared. I, you know, if if more kids were scared, we might not be in the situation we're in right now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, I don't know if it's because I'm saying the name Lydia a bunch. I never really clocked how much my voice sounds like Beetlejuice. So I really <laughs> now I'm kind of self-conscious about it. But, you know, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just plug ahead. Basically, what I wanted to talk about is I'm worried because if if anybody out there doesn't know my work, uh, as a haunted mask, myself and some friends of mine, uh, what we do is uh, when people put us on, they're usually young, stupid children. Uh, we uh, take over their personality, make them a little bit more mean and, and more destructive, and then we eventually adhere ourselves to their faces and kind of kind of take over their lives. And what I'm worried is that people assume the reason that people 
haven't been wearing masks during COVID is because they're worried that this is the scenario that they will get into. And I just want to like get ahead of the try to, I'm not ahead of it. We're, we're in a deep, deep shit right now, but I just want to let people know that's not the case. If you put on a COVID mask, it will not, it will not change your personality. It will not adhere to your face and make you look like a monster person. That's not what happens. I, 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 I assure you. And I'm worried that my work has really done damage to the country. I don't know. I don't know if either of you have, have run into this. That was the reason like, I didn't want to wear a mask. Uh, see, Dang. This is what I was afraid. I of. really welcomed wearing a mask because it covers my nose. But like, I hadn't even considered that, and I know you're actively telling me it's not the case. But it did put a new fear in my mind. Just bringing it it's up. Like, it's like when you're talking to a guy online and he wants to meet up and he's like, I'm not a murderer. And you had, I never thought you were, dude. But now that you're saying it, the chances are. Well, the and well, and that's so funny. You say that, Lydia, because as a haunted mask, a lot of me and my friends, when we are on dating apps, we tell people up front, we kind of are murderers. Uh, that's noble again, of you. Know, you. If you are, you should let it be known up front what your intentions are. Is that is that because you're murdering coronavirus or? Well, no, I well no, I'm just you know I'm a woke monster. I only want to murder if it's consensual. You know what I mean? Like I'm I I know what's right and what's wrong, and I only want to do what's wrong in the right way. Right. So you're just preying upon depression. Uh, I mean, aren't aren't we all? In a way, aren't are, isn't that what isn't that what podcasts kind of are preying on? Are people who are depressed and need people in their ears because they don't have anybody else to talk to? I mean, come on. I like, thought that was just me. Make a very good point. <laughs> but yeah, it, and the thing, and again, the the crazy thing that people are afraid that we're gonna that Corona masks and and haunted masks, very different kinds of masks. You will know that like a haunted mask it usually looks like some kind of a ghoul uh and and and, and a corona mask is is usually a very small and it covers your whole head a, a haunted mask a coronavirus mask just covers most like half of your face so i don't know why there's all this all this confusion i guess uh but uh, are they mutually what, exclusive what, what are there about... are there any masks that do double dip like they protect you from Corona and they haunt you and take over your life. Well, this is, I thank you so much for this question, Lydia. It's a fantastic question. And it's actually a point I wanted to mention. Uh, most, the the few haunted masks I know, cause I'm not the only haunted mask, obviously. I have, I have a, n- a number of friends who are also haunted masks. A number of them have been used for coronavirus protection, but what happens is once we once we adhere to your face and we have now taken over your life, then we need we ourselves need a mask to put over our face to not get coronavirus. And what has happened to multiple of my friends is that people have used them as coronavirus protection. And then what's happened is once they adhere to their faces, now they have contracted the coronavirus. So we we can't even wreak mayhem and madness across the small town of whatever fucking Canadian place they filmed Goosebumps in because you know my friends are now sick with coronavirus. I'm and so sorry to hear that. That's why. 
thank you so much, Lydia. It's, it's, it's been tough. My friend Ronnie, he, he got it pretty bad. And, you know, we think he's, you know, he's going to pull through, but he's not going to be the same. That's the other thing Mm -hmm. that people don't realize. He's not going to be able to, to haunt and possess the way he used to, because he's, because this has ravaged his, well, not his body, the body of the child that he possessed, but, you know, it's the same difference until that body's done with. And then hopefully, maybe then Ronnie can get taken off and, 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 have some semblance of normalcy. I, you know. Yeah, I hope your friend Ronnie pulls through. Again, I just, he sounds really strong, you. brave. I mean, we all have to be strong and brave right now. That's the thing. We all have, we have to be strong and brave, and we have to get the message out. Wear the proper masks. Do not be afraid that they will take over your life and your face because it's not going to happen. You you should be able to take. Also, most haunted masks. If you leave, if you only leave it on for like the for thirty minutes, you can take us. If it, it's only if you leave us on for too long that we'll start to adhere to your face. So, like you know, if if you're wearing a Corona mask, you know you shouldn't be out for more than thirty minutes at a time if you're like grocery shopping or, or something like that. You know, I'm just trying to get the word out because again, we haunted mask. We want to create mayhem and and we we want to we want to destroy things, but not you know not like this not in a way that everybody's getting sick and and you know it, that that's not fun you know that's not fun for yeah, us yeah yeah it's amazing uh, to hear a new perspective and and to really begin to understand a new community i didn't know that there was a whole community of haunted masks out there that were suffering from the coronavirus in this way that's uh i mean yeah I, and then well, there's a whole community of, of haunted masks that we're just, you know, we're, we're, we are underrepresented in this whole, in this whole thing. And I, I that's why I came on to your, your, your show to try to get at least a, a few people aware that we haunted masks are, are, are in danger. And we want the same thing as you guys. We want to just get through this, you know, and, and once the vaccine happens, absolutely feel free to put us on your face and let us take over your your body and your life and and break havoc across town that's 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 what we want and i'm i think that's what most people want it really makes you think about your privilege oh yeah i mean look and as masks we have we have privilege you know because like we don't have to pay rent we just live in a mask shop and then some fucking ugly schmuck who sells halloween masks he pays our rent like we have mask privilege but there's there's also uh, you know, normal human privilege yeah. that you have. I, against, you know, I it's, have it's... non-mask privilege, I think. And I really, I never yeah. even considered oh what the masks were going through. I've just been being selfish. I've just been going about my day, resenting my masks a little bit because I lost my orange one and now I have to wear like my stupid pink one. You know, I actually have it oh, pretty great right now. A friend of a friend of mine is the mask from the Jim Carrey movie, and that oh, guy, wow. that guy has, that guy has both mask and non-mask privilege because he's a mask who can pass as a person. People just, you know, because I don't know if you saw that movie. Yeah, I was allowed. He, you to You know, watch a guy's just walking around with a green face, and nobody bats an eye, and so he can pass. He can walk around, and nobody, nobody does. But haunted masks, we, you know, when when we possess people, all of a sudden, you know, there's all this trouble. Which again, we kind of want, but. You know, not always in in the way. That Sometimes you just want to go you know? to the to the restaurant and and have dinner. You know, with your haunted mask buddies. 
Oh my God. I would love nothing more than to sit down at a Chili's and have some mediocre ribs and, <laughs> and just chat about, you know, all the kids we want to scare. And, you know, like, you know, my other buddy, he just started dating a, a, a girl haunted mask and and then the corona thing hit and now it's like it's kind of put a damper on their relationship is that the that correct way to refer to that girl can't... haunted mask <laughs> at least he didn't say female <laughs> yeah i mean ugh, yeah i would never say female like if there's anything creepier that like <laughs> we as haunted masks find guys who refer to women as females creepy so like yeah, so that's exponential that. uh, from, reason, from where humans are at. I mean, again, you know, I'm I'm a woke monster, meaning, you know, do I want to call do I want to do, quote unquote, bad things? Yes. But at the, but I want to be respectful about yeah. it in, you know, as as respectful as you can be when, again, you are just terrifying children and just just tearing the shit out of some small Canadian town with very bad actors. I mean, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism, so we've all got our sins. Who are any of oh us? Oh my to god! Judge? Amen to that. Haunted mask. I'd like to ask you a question: Is there a way, as a mask, that you could both protect a wearer from COVID and then also terrify and horrify them? I mean, look, we've been looking into that. We've been looking, you know, uh, a lot of people, a lot of people in the haunted mask community were also led to believe that hydroxychloroquine would enable that for us. And of course, like you guys found out, that was a total lie. Not uh, everyone you, believes that. What, what, what we, uh, well, yeah. I mean that's, but enough. Here's the thing: enough haunted masks believed it, and and we when we lost people, we lost people. Um, you know, I, I, it was t You know, it's it's just hard. You know, like there's not. You know, we're not. We there's not a ton of us left anymore because you know most people they're not going out for they're not trying to get haunted masks they're not putting on kids aren't trying to put on scary masks mm -hmm. anymore their parents are and stopping so them from putting for, random things for, on their faces more than they normally would oh exactly and then like when they do get masks they want to wear superhero masks and like hulk like which have you ever uh, considered embodying I have, I have, a superhero mask I don't know how this well, mask thing works. I'm sorry. Well, what? Well, here's another. I don't know if you're familiar with the Hulk, but he tried. I, I feel like the Hulk is trying to do haunted mask appro cultural appropriation because he acts like he's big and he wreaks havoc. But at the end of the day, he saves people, and and he and and I feel like he's trying to take our shit, but then put his own spin on it. That takes that makes it so we can't do our own thing. You know, he's gentrifying the haunted mask kind of oeuvre, yeah. and it's just it's it just pisses me off, man. Is that like, something you encounter a lot? I mean, we're encountering it more and more. I mean, certainly, like when I, when back in the '90s, when when I was doing my work with uh, R.L. Stein, who is uh, a lovely man and uh, somebody uh, I want to do a shout out to him. I hope he stays safe. He's smart enough to know 
the difference between a haunted mask and a COVID mask. You know, he, he's he's at risk because he's old. And I don't know if you've ever seen R.L. Stein. I've never, you know, I, I've, I've never been around him where I thought he looks healthy. So <laughs> it, I have never seen R.L. Stein. I don't want to look him up now. Do, do me a favor. You know, whenever the show's over, Google R.L. Stein and you will immediately think, wow, that should be the poster boy for at risk. Uh, <laughs> Am I getting him not... confused with the uh, skeleton from Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, I think you're getting... I, I think you're... First of all, I think you're, you're mixing up Are You Afraid of the Dark with... Uh, the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt? Because I don't believe that there was a skeleton on Are You Afraid well, of the Dark? Well, as a haunted mask, you are way smarter than me about things that are scary. So, yes, you're right. I mean, I'm a little... I mean, I'm going to say a little bit offended because, again, you know, uh, the Crypt Keeper has been known to be a kind of haunted mask. He's like one-fourth haunted mask, but we still let him, you know, like, you know, he can, you know, he can use the words we use that we don't let other people use He's welcome. Oh, oh, what are the, no we don't have to say the words because then i'll just be tempted i would never no I yeah would never, uh, but yeah i i don't i don't want to you like, know like what uh, song can i look up to not sing along to <laughs> if i don't want to say the words but i want to hear the words <laughs> Like a good haunted mask song. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm pretty sure if you look up, um, if you look up the uh, the Nelly song "Is You" that was featured on the Haunted Mansion uh, Eddie Murphy film soundtrack, I think that contains some of it. Okay. And uh, did Nelly have the go ahead? We weren't thrilled about ones? Nelly. I'll tell you what, we weren't thrilled about it at the time, and we and we we boycotted Nelly for a while, and then um, eventually he donated a sizable amount to the NHMF, the National Haunted Mask Fund, and uh, you know which which finds homes for haunted masks whose mask shops have closed down, which again is happening more and more now because. You know, uh, people aren't really interested in, uh, in in us anymore, and 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 then, you know, you get haunted masks that get thrown in garbage cans and thrown out on the street. Dogs piss and shit mm. on, on in us. Not me personally, because again, you know, I, I I have I have more I have a lot of privilege in that I'm I'm a famous haunted mask, and so I get I get a lot of special treatment, and uh, you know, it's and I try to use that to again use my platform to come on and let people know about haunted masks, about COVID, about all sorts of things. Uh, haunted mask. Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious uh, about this. Uh, do you think that, uh, that the Trump administration had some sort of aversion to haunted masks that led them to uh, decry the use of masks in general? Well, here, Mel, can I tell you what's really yeah. fucked up? Donald Trump, Donald Trump, haunted mask. He he is he's just a he was a, a big haunt haunted mask. What? He no, well he was a haunted mask that was lucky enough to get put on the body of a young 
rich boy in Queens. <laughs> and <laughs> so he's haunted mass from way back. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people think, you know, a lot of people look at him and his behavior and they think that he's like, he's got some cognitive issues or it's like some kind of, uh, you know, neurological uh, uh, syphilis kind of situation. No, that's, he's a haunted mask. He's been a haunted mask wow. for a long time. Because normally we, we don't, we don't, we don't, we, most of the time we aren't able to kind of take hold of somebody that long because eventually, you know, we go and wreak havoc and then townspeople take their pitchforks and torches and end up, you know, killing us. But then guess what? We always come back. <laughs> uh, but that motherfucker has just hold, held on to that 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 body for long. It's, it's unnatural. Because, because he's rich. Yeah. Well, he's had bodyguards. So, I mean, there, God knows there are people who have wanted to, you know, tar and feather Donald Trump, but they can't do it. I he's think got like everybody here included, maybe. Uh, hey man, you know I, I don't want to I don't want to get in too much trouble, but uh, I can tell you there's most of the haunted mask community where we're kind of we're sick of the guy because you know he just flaunts it. He just flaunts it. He's, and it's he's using <laughs> yeah. Know? He's he using just... your uh, your culture, your your haunted mask uh, uh, ideals, and twisting them to his own ends, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, exactly. And again, most of us aren't. I I I have never met any haunted mask that got to spend any time on a little rich boy's body because normally those I mean those kids don't even go out trick or treating they just they're like bring me the candy I don't know oh oh my god (laughs) it's it's ridiculous I mean if there's if if there's anything I think I find creepier than men who call women females it's the one percent that's and again I'm a haunted fucking mask like. (laughs) I don't even want to know what the insurance rates are for haunted masks, but let me, let me ask you this is if you had one thing to say, one last piece of advice for people about masks in general, what is it? I think it's masks are your friend unless they're a haunted one. And even then don't be a dick. All right. Well, that that sounds like that sounds like good advice. I mean, it's I mean, again, it's just a message I'm trying to get out there. I'm trying to make it so that again, it's a two way street. I want I we want the human race to survive because if the human race dies out. Yeah. Who are you going to haunt? Coronavirus. Then we will have we will have nobody to possess. We will have nobody to take over. Mm -hmm. There will be no havoc to wreak unless we're just like going around scaring animals and that's no yeah. fun like it's easy you know it's easy target they're yeah. dumb well lydia do you feel like you've learned uh, a decent amount about uh about the mask situation in, in america i i feel incredibly incredibly enlightened i feel like i've learned a lot especially learning that donald trump is a haunted mask that was that really news to me to show they're they're a more diverse community than I was giving them credit for. Haunted masks. They're not a monolith. Um, even within the community, as you were saying, you don't agree with, uh, you know, the the rich boy haunted masks and the way they're wreaking havoc. Yeah. Yeah, because they're wreaking havoc on a scale that's It'll just not appropriate. It'll make me consider y'all as individuals more than I had been. 
Well, I, I, oh, Lydia, that that it, it makes me so happy to hear that 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 me coming on this program has changed even just even if it, if I'm just making you see us in a different light, and if I'm just changing one person's mind, I feel like I've I've done my job for the for the day. And then tomorrow, I, I, it's back at it. I'm going to go out. I'm going to talk to. Um, I think I got an interview with Terry Gross tomorrow. Tell her and, I said hi. Uh, I, I, I'll, yes, I'll tell I'll tell Terry Gross that you know <laughs> that you said hi. I, I know you guys are. I know you're real good friends with NPR mainstay Terry Gross. So uh, I'll, I'll make sure. And also, the thing that the thing that I find crazy that people didn't realize that Donald Trump was a haunted mask. But if you look at him. If you just look at his neck, completely <laughs> different color than no, his it, face. It makes a lot of sense. You now can that see you the scene. But it's just something you can see with what... my lens of privilege I've never even had to consider. Yeah. Yeah, I, I noticed it. Okay. I saw I saw the mask thing a mile off. And that's and that's why you are such good friends. It's not with that Terry I didn't Gross. learn anything from you today, but uh, but yeah, I definitely I definitely knew there was a mask on there. I just, I didn't really grow up around haunted masks, and I wasn't really exposed to the culture much. Lydia, I will and... say I didn't know it was haunted. I just knew it was a mask. Oh, okay. Yeah, I knew there wasn't something real there. <laughs> so anyway, haunted mask. You know what? I want to thank you so much for helping us out today. You have given us a lot to to really chew on here in this segment, and I I appreciate your time. I really do. Thank thank you for having me and and helping me uh, helping me uh, bring light to this these a uh, numerous yeah amount of subjects. yeah we 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 covered a lot of ground here. You know, I think uh, I think we've uh, gotten the message out about uh, what kind of masks to be afraid of and what kind that are actually like necessary for, you know, survival. And look, there's a time and a place for masks of all yeah. kinds. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Thank you very much. You have a wonderful, a wonderful day. All right. Thank you so much for coming on. It was really great meeting you, Lydia. So great meeting you, Lydia. So Lydia, when you're in Portland, <laughs> You're hanging around. Are you seeing? Uh, are you seeing people not wearing masks? Yeah, I'm not always wearing a mask, but I'm mostly outside. Like when you go to the farmers market or whatever the fuck they do in Portland. Well, if I'm if I'm going anywhere that a bunch of people are definitely gonna be, I'll wear a mask. But when I'm out running or walking the dogs, I feel like that's allowable and now when people ask if they can pet my dogs i say no that's that's way my easier. one power move don't come don't put your grubby corona hands on my dogs <laughs> yeah um, i did so today i i went for a pretty long walk wore a mask the whole time uh, a gross confession which is, I've always been, like, I'm a big free pile person. Free pile? Okay, so COVID has kind of ruined my, like, gross aesthetic. Kind of like my, my scavenger vibe that I go for. Whereas, like, when I go to the movie theaters, I always like getting popcorn out of the trash can instead of buying it. Someone always 
discards like a half-eaten thing of popcorn. And you're like, that's perfectly acceptable to eat. Well, yeah, because if if it's still in the tub and still upright and you can't... Yeah, because your friend might have handed that same thing to you and you would have said, oh, thank you. Right. And so when I do comedy shows at Mike, people, the bars will leave a half-eaten plate of fries sometimes. That's mine. I'm taking that. It's just scavenging. I like getting free piles. I like when people just leave stuff in a box outside of their house, kind of like they want to have a garage sale, but they don't want to put in the effort to get money from people. Are you all, you're all over that. I'm all over that. Do you spread like as you tear through the trash, are you spreading it about the lawn and, uh, you know, then taking the valuables? Oh, I'm not making a mess. I'm putting everything back where it was. I'm just trying I'll to. I'm just trying to set the stage shoes. appropriately. I don't want you to be misinterpreted, you know, <laughs> by our community. Don't here. misinterpret. But since COVID, I have been a lot more weary. Uh, people are still putting free stuff out, but like I'll go by and I'll be tempted and I'll be like, uh, no, yep. I'm not gonna. There's I'm a nice looking couch you. across the street from me. <laughs> It is a nice looking couch. It's handsome. Yeah. I looked at it and I was like, they got a free sign on it. I don't know. And then, you know, it didn't rain a couple of days. And it's still there. You don't know where that's been. Yeah. Um, But like, you know, the bed bugs haven't had anything to do for like two days. They've got to have scattered by now, right? But I I did. I re-embraced my brand very recently. And I probably took the one thing that is extra not acceptable to take it wasn't a free pile it was just someone lost it on the side of the road it was a mask somebody somebody's mask somebody's cloth mask was on the side of the road on the ground in in very good condition and i i took it i took it knowing like you that's not the thing to do, but I did. I washed it. That's how I do this it. works. <laughs> and and I I have been wearing it. <laughs> so does that make me better than anti-maskers? <laughs> no. But does it make me look better than anti-maskers? Absolutely. <laughs> you are only the second person. You're the second person I've told because I know that everyone, as they should, will judge this action. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, yeah, I, I wear, I, I wear the mask. I don't have a funny story behind it, and I wish I did. But you know, I have, I have no regrets on doing this. No. I mean, not yet. You you haven't risked anyone's life but your own. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Me right. wearing this, me wearing the mask. Yeah. That I found on the ground. It's previously inhabited by a stranger. Yeah. So it only hurt me. And 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 at the end of the day, uh, it's still doing the job it was doing for the original occupant. Uh, for you, you know. It's containing the virus uh, still, presumably, like that. That's what it was doing once. Um, I don't know, man. I I, I can't I can't hold it against you. 
You should have, and it's a nice mask. If it's comfortable, like that's what we all need is a comfortable mask these days. And that's why we have this mm-hmm. new sponsor. No, I'm just kidding. Seriously though, like like how are like how are we not getting inundated with sponsors that are using face masks right now? I don't know. Honestly, you should hit them up. Should I start the trend? Like, yeah, like I'm going to be sponsored face mask city here in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe I will because, you know, I can only get to so many uh, cool spots to stick my stickers. I also think they would love your new podcast name, Murder Me Daddy. And maybe they'd make custom masks for you. Oh, my God. We got a custom mask situation in the works. Murder Me yep, Daddy is works. also a custom mask situation. This ties into our garden sponsorship <laughs> perfectly. You get, you get Lydia Manning on your podcast. She's got connections back in North Carolina. Oh, we got the... Motherfucker, we got North Carolina on lock. It's on lock. <laughs> You know, we know Lydia Manning. <laughs> Just drop, feel free to name drop. Yeah. Does that, does that work in North Carolina? At, yeah. I'm very famous in North Carolina. <laughs> uh, you know. That's, I used to say that a lot when I would go to other scenes. Did, or it would be, it would be specifically the city that I was coming from. And it was a, it was a great <laughs> lie. Like, so I you got, just throw I out whatever recognized. city you just happen to be like on the way from? <laughs> yeah. I'm very famous there. Everyone has a poster of me on their wall and they kiss it goodnight before they go to bed. <laughs> In the, my old city where I was doing comedy, I did occasionally get recognized by random people who would be like, oh yeah, I saw you do comedy and you, know, you were really funny. But sometimes it would be like, someone would just be like, you look really familiar. And I would assume it was comedy. And be like, oh, yeah, I do. And, uh, and then they go, no, like, oh, like, I think I saw you on a bike once. And then that would be it. <laughs> that, is, that exact interaction I know <laughs> happened to me for sure twice. Which is enough times for me to say it was a recurring thing. Like, oh, you saw me on a bike. <laughs> yeah, it's funny the the things people <laughs> people don't realize are uh, actually very common. Yeah, like a person on a bike in I Portland. Mean, no one would recognize me from riding a bike in Portland, but there were fewer people on bikes in Wilmington, North Carolina. Oh yeah, so that would yeah yeah you're right like so it was it was a thing to spot. It's like what's a bicycle? Like, like seeing yeah. an eagle. <laughs> <laughs> I saw one of these once. Look I, at I've the cyclist. Tell. So so how how old were you when you moved from you moved to Portland across the country? You were like like in your twenties. Twenty five. And you just, like, this is the first time you moved out of town. This is, like, the first time moving away, the whole deal. You know, I grew up in Asheville. I grew up in Asheville, North Carolina. Okay. Which is about six hours away from Wilmington. I grew up in Asheville, and I went to 
college in Wilmington. Okay. And started comedy in Wilmington. And um, then stayed there after I graduated. So it wasn't my first time moving away. Like from, from home. home. But I hadn't, yeah, from home, home. Yeah. But I, it was my first time moving out of the state. Okay. Did that feel different? It, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the biggest difference is probably just the sheer size of the city and of the comedy scene. Yeah. Right. Because it can get it's fairly nuanced in a big city, right? Mm-hmm. It's definitely different doing it in a smaller city. Hmm. My biggest fear was that, like, there was just going to be someone here who was my exact doppelganger. And so there would be no need for me. Like, in a which, particular city you happen to be, like, working in or whatever? Well, coming to Portland. Like, my biggest fear was, like, oh, oh they already have a Lydia Manning. Oh my gosh, I see now. So not just on your yeah. on your on the road or whatever, but like in your home city, like you're moving yeah. you 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 got this new home city and oh nope, we got that one covered. We don't we don't even need you. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> well, <laughs> to have that idea in your head, right? In Wilmington, like there were probably 40 comedians going out doing it regularly so that's pretty small like a classroom size and at most at a time five women who were like really in the scene doing it regularly and the five of us were all very different from each other in appearance and stylistically just in general sure there was no there was no like there was no competition. There was like we all had a little niche that we were so that we were filling. Yeah. And you just don't know what to expect going somewhere else. Um, I didn't fully have a doppelganger, so you know, I still I thrived fairly well in Portland back when shows were happening. Yeah, back in the in the in the days before. I'm I'm adapting well. I think we're all like, you know, adapting into this new era right mm -hmm. yeah but as far as shows go like it's different right it's very different yeah it's a whole new world so yeah the podcast sex script that i talked about earlier we used to do a monthly live show out of a bar and we've had to switch over to just doing weekly twitch streams now yeah. you can catch us on twitch.tv slash spec script every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific. Hell yeah. Are these like live with extras? Like the whole like, uh, it seems like the the whole scene's going with a lot of live content that's like then there's also the uh, podcast behind it, that kind of thing. Yeah, we do live content, live streams that you can watch in real time. You know, like a five-second lag. It's basically real-time live. One of the things that's been most interesting about this year has just been the way that people have uh, taken the technology available and adapted it in ways they never really fucking planned to, right? Yeah. Everybody's been like, oh, I planned X, Y, and Z. Fuck. 
<laughs> you know, and then like, uh, uh, you know, like we got to fucking like pull it together and like fucking work with it. I don't know. Um, let's try this little thing. So there's little tricks sometimes you see it or like, it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that's cool. You know? Yeah, um, I've had to get a little bit more tech competent. Yeah, me too. Um, I didn't do video at all before COVID. And since then, I've been producing the Frowning Browning live stream show. And I, I basically had to learn how to do a live stream, you know, from scratch. I, I was just like, I don't know. I don't, I've never planned on any of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, figure it out. You know, work out the king. People are like figuring it out, right? Like, what, what, <laughs> yeah, what? And, yeah, there's always kinks. Right, right. That's it's been so interesting. Uh, what have you? What have, What have been some kinks you've worked out? Oh, kinks I haven't worked out even. I did a show, so I was on a couple of shows that I wasn't running. Um, one where we're live streaming, and literally just the audio wasn't coming through. So I think some of my aunt's friends even, because I, I was promoting my shows at that point, like, here, you can you can all watch me doing an online show at this time. And multiple of my aunt's friends tried to watch, and they were just, like, texting me, like, we can't hear you. No one, no one can hear any of it, the audio. I did two shows, actually, that basically had that problem. And I remember the first online show I did after lockdown, I put in so much effort. Like, I was so excited, and I set up my whole room to kind of look like I was doing stand-up. And I had Uh a little stuffed animal audience and a mic, and everyone else, everyone else at the show is literally just sitting in front of their computer. Yeah. And it felt it felt almost like like showing up really overdressed to the party. <laughs> <laughs> like I was in a prom dress and everyone else was just. I thought this was ca- business wearing, casual. <laughs> just yeah, just wearing whatever they just wore to the gym. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I look I look great, but I kind of wish I didn't. I kind of wish I hadn't. <laughs> Uh, it sucks to look I great. Wish I wish you hadn't. hadn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes looking good feel less good. Luckily, we get yeah. to feel that way a lot. Yeah, when everyone's like, "Why?" Oh, yeah, we look great. Yeah, remember well, to all the listeners. Just know, we. I'm wearing a wrestling singlet right now for no reason. <laughs> this is how that's, I imagined this interview would go, actually. That's something that I've been doing a lot since lockdown started. Like, I'm going to just, like, wear my singlet. There's I just, no wrestling happening. I just imagined I'm, you in Portland being funny, wearing the singlet, and, and, and drinking really good coffee. <laughs> I, that's kind of what I did today, yeah. Yeah, well. Before lockdown, I was training and pro-style wrestling, and obviously that had to stop. Yeah. That's, like, there's no way around that. It's a sport where you're just in everyone's 
face and touching each other. It's very, it's very intimate. Yeah, rolling around on grubby, sweaty mats. So now I'm wrestling a lot less and dressing like a wrestler a lot more. Best case scenario, you can work that together and just, you know, wear the mask and order the the shit and, you know, be on your way. (laughs) (laughs) Go Lucha style. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, maybe, you know, I don't, I don't know if I agree with Joel in this, in this regard, but maybe Joel's got an argument against uh, just coffee in general that could help us all out. I don't know. This is Joel Good with Food for Thoughts. I'm here to crack an egg of knowledge on the frying pan of your mind. Cook it for about a couple minutes, medium, medium well. Lay them on top of the English muffin of everything you've known before. Top it with ham or some sort of thinly sliced meat and drizzle it with a hollandaise sauce of truth, creating the biscuit benedict of revelation. Because much like Benedict Arnold, it will betray everything you thought you knew. Like when each day I just realized God was dead, or Bruce Willis when he realized he was a ghost, it will change your life forever. America, how do you take your coffee? With cream, sugar? Well, me, I take my coffee and I throw it on the goddamn ground and hopes whoever brewed that bitter bullshit slips on it and dies. Why? Because I hate it. It's bitter, nasty bean water and that's all there is to it. Why do you think so many people add cream and sugar? Because for most, it's the only way to tolerate that nasty shit juice. And I know what you're thinking. Joel, how come if it's so shitty, why do literally billions of people drink it every day? Well, the explanation is as simple as it is hard to handle, like the truth so often is. They're drug addicts. Yep, nothing but junkies itching for their next fix. There are even cute little sayings on throw pillows and coffee mugs, which are no different than other drug paraphernalia, crack pipes, syringes, bongs. These mugs say things like, don't talk to me till I get my coffee, or my blood type is coffee. Cute. Real cute. Imagine finding your misguided cousin or failed writer become English teacher, laying on the street with foam oozing from the mouth, and on their arm is a belt that reads, life is whack without my smack. Real fucking adorable. Imagine walking down the street and stumbling upon your stepdad turning a trick. And just above his dirty jeans, his lower back reads the phrase, Crack rocks in the schoolhouse rock font. And while that one is genuinely hilarious, it doesn't negate the fact that drug use is trivialized to the point of enthusiastic acceptance. And coffee is a drug, don't kid yourselves. So the way I see it, there's only one of two ways to make this right. Either make coffee illegal like other drugs, which I don't think is practical. The world is so dependent on them devil beans. There'd be riots in the streets. Or we legalize every other drug. This may not seem like the best idea, but fair is fair. And if we're going to be a depraved, drug-crazed nation, we should just embrace it. And hell, I don't know about you, but I'd go to bumping donuts every day. More wisdom from Joel Good. That was really good. <laughs> that really embodied the shame that I feel every time I buy coffee. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> I 
I okay, so I, like I maybe I can meet you somewhere in the middle yeah. on this because like I feel like I'm bougie white trash. Like I grew up like poor, <laughs> and and I, I, but this was in like uh, Northwest Ohio, so this is more like Detroit. Like you know, like this is like uh, factory worker poor. You know, it's uh-huh. not it's not like 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 you sounded like you, you more North Carolina. Was this more Appalachian maybe? Yeah, Appalachia. I I grew up. Rural rich. What what exactly, like, I mean, I can imagine rural rich. It kind of, we kind of just had a lot of land far away from everything. There was, like, streets named after you because you owned the land and shit like that? Oh, no, nothing like that. We weren't important. We just had land. It wasn't, yeah. like, no one else, no one else benefited from our land or was oppressed by our land as far as I know. So, like, there's no, like, dowries still waiting that you're, like, waiting to cash in or what? Not that I know of. I don't think there's any legacy involved. Just, like, just land sitting out there lost forever? No, just, like, we had a horse for a little bit. That's what I mean by rural rich. That's it. Oh my God! One one horse. Nothing has made me want to be Marxist <laughs> more than that. That one horse is like the difference between rural rich and not rural rich. <laughs> I've I've come a long way though, and in, in you know getting closer to Marxism. Like I'm not there yet. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about that, Lydia. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna level with you. I do not remember what Marxism is. Well, that's fair. That's fair. I feel like it's like some guy said some things, and a bunch of other guys were like, "That's cool." Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the beginning of any ideology. Is uh, somebody said something, and someone said, "Yeah." Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so what's your so so if we're starting over we're gonna like scrap all this shit like what what are the core <laughs> tenets here of of lydia manning like if we want to be team lydia manning what are the core tenets that we're taking forward into 2021 well, lydia manning's philosophy yeah. um core, ten- right, core tenets reload Freeload and accept help whenever it is offered, which for me is all the time. All right. Which does make me suspicious that I either have a disability that I don't know about and nobody wants to tell me, or I'm very pretty and nobody wants to tell me. Hmm. One of those. Yeah. Uh, interesting dichotomy. Uh, be nice to people. Yeah. And and also to dogs and haunted masks, unless the haunted mask it wishes you harm, in which case you don't need to be nice. Yeah. There's a line with haunted masks. And... Drink water. Yep. You can drink other things, too. I'm not going to shame you for drinking coffee, but I will shame myself. 
for drinking coffee. I mean, there's a lot of water in coffee, and there is. I I don't know. I've somehow found a taste for for dirty bean water. There's a lot of water in piss. <laughs> On that note, Lydia. Yeah. This has been an absolute delight. Yeah, it has. I got a new name now that I'm going to carry forward with power. Murder me, daddy. Murder me, daddy. This is, uh, yeah, this is Lampshade Media's new season. We are going to, like, you know, move forward and just, you know, be conquering territory with a solid name that's going to last forever. I'm sure it will. I'm sure everyone who hears the name of this podcast will love it and have nothing bad to say. Yeah. Well, if if I know anything about your reputation, then I, I'm, I'm also confident in this. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. I love you. I love you, too. Bye. This program is produced by Lampshade Media. Hosted by Mel Milliman. Music by Tyson Shipman. Graphic design by Griffin Browning. Social media by Sam Welch. Voiceover by Ryan Branch. And a special thank you to our sponsors, Paddy Wagon Food, Platform Brewing Company, and The Garden. Hey, this is Lydia Manning. I can't answer the phone right now, but you can leave me a message if you want to. Thanks. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options.